This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by my bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. What's up, Bob? You're coming in hot today, Dan. You are coming in hot. I'm excited. You are excited. That's Very good. Very excited. I'm glad you're excited. I am. I'm not going to say I'm under the weather, but yeah. I feel like I might be a little, a little off. Okay. So uh, bear with me. Quit your belly aching and perform. It's not my belly aching. It's actually my throat. But thank you for caring. Okay, I'm sorry, Bob. No, Hang in right. there. Get well soon. Uh, you know I'm excited, Bob. The reason I'm coming in hot, as you say, little industry jargo by you there, is name me one other person in America that is as excited to be recording a Pete Yorn podcast. Counting Pete Yorn? Are we counting Pete Yorn? Count Pete Yorn. Still nowhere even close to as excited <laughs> as you are. He's got so many better things going on in his life. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, probably not as much. She's well, he's some... married with I think kids now or a child. I think the Johansson thing is well, it's over. Yeah, but they're buddies, I'm yeah. sure. Like you know, she'd be excited to hear people talk about her buddy Pete. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. still, nowhere near as excited as you. You know, I love Pete Yorn so very much. It is one of the ultimate signifiers that I am a white guy in my late 30s. That's it. And um, aside from your skin and general <laughs> uh, shape, yeah, my, the way you move, my je ne sais quoi, if you will. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking about, of course, Pete Yorn's. Uh, I shouldn't say, of course, because maybe you don't know Pete Yorn. But if you don't know Pete Yorn, that's another reason I'm excited because we're going to talk about his first album, "Music for the Morning After," uh, which is one of my favorite records of all time. And I don't care if that sounds silly, Pete Yorn. His first album, Limitless Possibilities at that point when that record came out for no, Pete's career. Look, I'm with you as far as favorite albums go. However, I feel like all of the things that make you excited about this pod mm-hmm. are the same things making me nervous about it. Hmm, why is that? Well, I feel like every episode that we've come into, I've kind of known what the show was going to be. Right. You know, like Pearl Jam, we're hitting, you know, Elder Statesman, Classic Record, Robbie Williams. That was clearly going to be a disaster. Yeah, from the very start. From the very start. Uh, Pete Yorn, I don't know. I don't know what he is to the world. Yeah. I don't think I've ever figured it out. Like, I know what he is to us. We're big fans. Yep. We've seen him in concert too many times. Yep. Um, love this album. But like, I don't know if anybody in, in the UK has ever even heard of him. I don't know if other white guys in their mid to late thirties or in their early thirties know who Pete Yorn is. And you know, forget about just the whites. Let's lay off the white stuff a little bit, Bob. No, uh, he is. Why don't you go to another rally, Bob? We went to, you, by the way, Pete Yorn could easily play at one of these things. Not that it's the same type of white, but the same white percentage in the crowd. Wait we, a second. Where are you taking this? I'm saying. Pete, if you're listening to this, that is not Dan. That is Bob going down. No, I said it's not wormhole. the same type of white. I'm saying the same percentage of whites okay. show up to a Pete Yorn concert that do these rallies that you just well, mentioned. Very, okay, very strange. Well, I will pivot out of that by saying... It's probably a good idea to pivot out of that. <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, we're in the garage, which is the safe place where we could talk about the music that we love and, and grew up loving. And also, you talk about, will the listeners understand why this artist is important well you know my feeling on the listeners Bob. <laughs> you have a very 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 up and I have down a very, relationship uh, uh pro fuck them uh, <laughs> uh mentality and it might explain the download numbers you know that we right, might right. maybe we're hemorrhaging users as they really start to understand <laughs> it's the disdain om- here it's almost like one of the hosts yelling <laughs> fuck you to the listeners every week it's almost like that doesn't build an audience yeah maybe not and uh speaking of the garage uh and also our download numbers i was thinking that uh i should share a dream that i had last week uh in which i was driving you know how you know how dreams sometimes it creates like a landscape that's a mixture of all different things in your world and your history. Yes. Just say yes. Uh, so <laughs> I was driving home to my h- house here in uh, California and I was driving up the hill, but the hill I was driving up was my childhood home in Pearl River. Of course. And I could see the house from a distance and I came around and I parked and now I was back at my LA house. And then I looked out the window uh, cause I heard a rumble 
and I look back in the backyard, and this very garage collapsed to the ground. This garage? This garage in my dream collapsed, and it might have burst into flames. So I, you read into that and this venture between us, how you will, the garage literally imploded in my dream. I don't think you need to read into it at all. I think that's probably the most literal dream <laughs> you've ever had. But you know what? We're going uh, to go out with a bang by, by hitting an artist that maybe our audience has never heard of. Maybe they all love them. Again, the audience right, does I not know, factor I know, in I here, know. It, do, it doesn't. And you know what? Maybe that's kind of one of the things I'm most excited about with this episode okay. is introducing Pete Yorn to people that don't know who he is. Because okay, he's fucking great. Great. Great artist. Great artist. Great Bob. artist. Love him. Um, but to do that, we have to go back yeah, in time. We have to go back to when Music for the Morning After was released. And uh, I know it was during our college years, Bob, but I would love if you could really put a time on this it was the third month of the 2000th and first year mm. march 2001 and, and some people would say hey that's before 9-11 so you won't make a 9-11 reference but guess what <laughs> that is six months before 9-11 i think you made that reference at the exact same time in the show as you did last week so we <laughs> what got was it, happening <laughs> we got it out of the way and what was happening in the more innocent times bob of march 2001 <laughs> well it was so innocent uh is it okay to laugh it was okay to laugh. In fact, a lot of people were laughing when Battlefield Earth won the Golden Raspberry at the Razzies that year. Now, that was a good one, Bob. Good transition. Thank you. There. Uh, Getting better. Uh, yeah, that was the Scientology movie. It was. Did you, yeah. Have you ever seen that one? Because we like bad movies. We, we have seen a lot of bad movies together. Yeah, we have. In, in, in but, fact, we, I feel like we were ahead of the curve on enjoying bad movies. Uh, but in this case, I don't think I ever was even interested because i hate i really dislike sci-fi as a genre same and so a bad movie that's a sci-fi movie pass yeah yeah yes I, but, but I think it's also a little as far as like mainstream bad yeah. you know like it was a little like we like movies that have never even been seen by most yeah. human beings yep and that one was like everybody was laughing at it hence the reason it won a razzie yes yeah, so what else bob was happening in march 2001 um march 2001 was when vince mcmahon bought WCW World Championship Wrestling folded it into the WWE hmm. to uh, form the behemoth that it is today. Um, yeah, okay, that was that was something that was a little outside our wheelhouse. By that point, we were more like early nineties. We were, yeah, we fans. were we were adults by that point. Uh, but uh, tough break for Sting. I guess well, you here's the amazing thing, and yeah. I couldn't get an exact number on this, but one of the thing, one of the uh, places I read this information says that he purchased the WCW tape library. And the entirety of the WCW for $2.2 million. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. That's all it was. That's all it was. $2.2 million. That's what it says. For I... the entire <laughs> federation. It was like the, like for a little while there, it was the biggest wrestling company yeah, like, like three years before NWO, that. NWO, that whole thing, right? That was WCW, right? That's some. No, that... Hollywood Hulk Hogan. That that's was... all WCW. That's embarrassing. Ted Turner. <laughs> That's a bad job, Ted. Least. And, and you know what this all goes back to? We've talked about this, I think, before on this podcast. Pre-9-11. Well, yeah. Well, in general, 9-11 was a big thing. But uh, this idea of everything starting at 5 after the hour and 35 after the Ooh, hour. Oh, you're right. It comes back to get you. That's the comeuppance. Come back to get you with the Braves couldn't beat the Yanks. <laughs> and it's coming back at you now with your shitty wrestling federation, ate dirt, and, and your most hated rival swallowed you up for... Mere pennies Man, on the dollar. Five minute thing. Still, just really. Get, I can see the the anger in your eye, the fire in your eyes. Oh, saved by it. the bill. Five hundred five and five thirty five. Go fuck yourself, Ted. <laughs> well, he got fucked. So that's a good thing. Uh, other movies that came out that month: Spy Kids, mm -hmm. Memento, one of my mm -hmm. favorite movies ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's about it. Did this come out? Hi, you guys want some cookies? That was prob. Hi, Whoops. you guys <laughs> want some cookies? I don't mind you doing it over and over again. That probably was in probably late period post production at the time. Yeah, readying themselves for a September October release. I was gonna say that's an example of a, new, a movie no one knows that uh, we enjoyed. <laughs> I don't know if I ever saw that, but you saw it in the theater. All right, Bob. So there you go. Anything else? Number uh, one song in America when Pete Yorn's music for the morning after came out. It's my cue. Was this. Oh, my God. 
number one. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. Wait, wait, let's hear a little bit. Oh, I want to hear the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember there was like a lot of talk around the town uh, It was like crazy town The next Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> No No The answer is no In fact we have some ghost stories of. Uh, oh my god From our, our youth uh, When we were living in Hollywood In the late aughts And um, we used to frequent Big Wang's which, is, if you know Los Angeles at all, is a very popular sports bar here. And the location in Hollywood had on Sundays also, it was like a farmer's market right next door. And I remember specifically us running right into the dude from Crazy Town. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked a little worse for the wear. Like almost honest. bumping into him. But I had I had an even better encounter with the dude from Crazy Town. Second Crazy Town guy encounter. Second, same guy, tattoo guy. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady, dude. Yeah. Uh, I was at a... No, I want to hear this. Go. I was at a Chinese restaurant on Sunset, uh, sitting inside, and all of a sudden, I look up. Stuffing your face. Stuffing my fat face with overpriced Chinese food. Yep. When uh, all of a sudden, I look up, and it's the dude from... Oh shit! What's the name of that band? Sun Forty One. Good guess. In that same, uh, not is it Puddle of Mud? Puddle of Mud. That's what it is. She yep. fucking hates me. Yep. That guy. Yep. That's Scantlin. I think his name. Yes. Is. Yeah. That guy is uh, sitting there, mm-hmm. like just a few tables away, and I'm like, is that that guy from Mud Puddle? Puddle of Mud. She freaking hates me. I was like, I think that's him, and I'm just kind of you know not not starstruck because it's the guy from Puddle of Mud, but yep. like, is that the guy? When all of a sudden the dude from Crazy Town. <gasps> No. Who is passing by on sunset? Stops, peeks in, and sees the puddle of mud guy sitting there by the window. Oh my goodness! Crazy town dude walks up to the window, pounds on it like everybody in the restaurant looks up. Puddle of mud guy looks up at crazy town dude. Crazy town dude just does the rock and roll fingers oh. in the window. Wow. Puddle of mud guy rock and roll fingers right yes. back. Crazy town dude smiles and takes off. Yes, that's that's <laughs> rock history right <laughs> that there. That is rock like splitting history. atoms. That is the moment rock died. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That, that was, was the it. end. That was the end. How about the idea that you were there for it? No, I was there. I feel like that's why God put me here to begin with, was to witness that. Is it weird that I'm jealous that I wasn't there? <laughs> yes, it is. But yeah, I don't even know how we go on with the rest of the show. We shouldn't. Let's just end it. Yeah, let's talk about this album that we both fucking love. Okay. Life on a Chain, the opening track on Music for the Morning After. And we were talking about, you know, I've been a little hard on some of the artists that we've talked about on this show, some of their album titles. Specifically, last week, Kingsleyan, I was all over. Aha, Shake All the Heartbreak, Young Youth, youth and, and Young Men. Manhood. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite album titles, Music for the Morning After. One How word. evocative. Yeah. Love the vibe that it's just laying out for you. Love that it's one word, all lowercase, for whatever yep. reason. Yep. It just works. So and good. this song is a perfect kind of, like, that's the name of the album kind of gives you a certain, like, vibe and a feeling and memories. And then this song is, like, to me, like a perfect representation of, I'm sure, what he was going for. Uh, and and this is right off the bat. We talk about our Spotify playlist. This is one of my favorite songs ever, Bob. Ever. And the fact that it starts this album, uh, uh, it, it makes it one of my favorite album starters of all time, uh, right probably in the Mount Rushmore for me of that category. Uh, to me, like a perfect song, 2001. Yeah, I love the way it starts with that feedback. I love just the way it just gets right into it. And I love everything about this. Like, yeah, we put one song every Wait, week. Harmonica watch, Bob. Here we go. Yeah. 
we always break for harmonicas. Yeah, and we haven't had the chance yet. As somebody that that was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, this guy comes out, Pete Yorn, another Jersey guy. He's playing harmonica. He's a singer-songwriter. It was like, finally, it was on Columbia Records, which He's is fucking Bruce's label. hot. We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. Bob, the only reason way I got Bob to agree to this album was to talk about Pete Yorn's sexuality. We're going to get to that. Look, when we when we listen to music, we degrade the artists. So that's what happens. Equal opportunity. Equal opportunity scumbags. Um, but anyway, so like he, at this time, and I know it sounds silly now, but especially for a young guy that, that was in love with Bruce Springsteen, and then this album dropped, uh, I felt like I was potentially on the ground floor with that type of level talent. And uh, even... Well, I'll get to a more thesis type point later, but this to me is like a perfect album and a perfect way to start it. Yeah, and look, listen to the song that was just on before we started this album, "The Death of Rock and Roll," Crazy Town. <laughs> that was again, we've said the this before. Peppers. That was our college experience, and that was the music that was being shoved down our throats. So to find an album like this in 2001 was a godsend. Like yeah. no exaggeration, it was like thank God this is happening. The idea that. In 2001, at the height of Creed, Limp Bizkit, Korn, any other number of bands, Puddle of Mud. Uh, the ones that we don't even ever cite because they've just completely right, fallen off the radar. They're gone. Um, but like the fact that in one year, we got Music for the Morning After and Is This It, uh, two of my probably top 10 favorite albums ever. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very lucky that we got, and they're both different types of album. Like he's such a great singer songwriter and Yankee hotel Foxtrot throw that out there too. My goodness. Yeah. So 2001 things turned around. What a great year that was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's flawless top to bottom. Let's move on to the next song. Okay. Can I get a beer bump? Sure. Start the song. I did, but you didn't have the volume on properly, right, so that's on you. All right, deal. How about you go fuck This is Strange Condition. You want to talk about a one-two punch to start an album. Um, another all-time favorite of mine from Pete Yorn. And very strange, humble beginnings, Bob. Do you know a little Pete Yorn trivia? You know I am the biggest Pete Yorn fan in this country, including Pete Yorn. Including his, his wife. And his, his wife and his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I know he has a daughter. Let's, you know, Wait, what's his know. daughter's name? She has a cool name. Might it's be, something um, definitely what, like a rock star I think it's, It might be Amelia. Am I right? I don't know. Is it creepy good. that I might be right? I don't know. Yeah, it's potentially strange. We should look it up. Uh, but do you know where this song first showed up? It's the first song that Pete Yorn ever had released. Mm -hmm. And it was a standalone track on a soundtrack. It was on a soundtrack. And I believe, I know it was a Farrelly Brothers movie. Is it Me, Myself, and Irene? Correct. Yes. You nailed it. Well, yeah. harmonica break. <laughs> Me, myself, Man, we, we, are, we are never going to make it through the Blues Traveler episode. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to save that. We're going to have to pace ourselves. <laughs> um, no, like, uh, me, myself, and Irene, an otherwise deeply forgettable Farrelly Brothers film. Was that the Jim Carrey's Crazy or Bipolar one? Yeah, that might have been, like, the first disappointing Jim Carrey movie around that time. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess you're a Cable Guy fan. But yeah, I like Cable Guy. Earth Girls Are Easy? Are you in on that? Well, no, that's pre the whole okay. explosion, right. The mask sneaky sucked. No. Right. Fuck you. Hey, back off. I have opinions. Yes. Sometimes anyway, they're just wrong. This was buried at the end of the Me, Myself, and Irene soundtrack, which I think he actually wrote the score. Like, Pete Yorn is fucking talented. Pete Yorn played all the instruments on this album, uh, or at least a bulk. He's a, a drummer by trade. So, like, going back to that thing where thinking he potentially could be, like, one of those great artists, um... And at some level, he has had a really good career. But at this point, like how many other singer-songwriters are coming out in 2001 
maybe Ryan Adams is somebody that comes to mind, but playing all their own instruments, writing hooks like this immediately, having all the, all the great um, memorable like melodies and stuff. Like he kind of had everything clicking at this point. Pete Yorn never like getting to that next level the way like John Mayer did is something that will always confuse me. Not that he's the same as John Mayer, but like I was just waiting for it to happen where he was. I'm just waiting, waiting for the world to change. Yeah, like he was never that. No, I was waiting for like people to say, this is amazing rock music. This guy should be selling out arenas, but it never happened. No, it never really did happen. Um, But Strange Condition was on that. And then and then it got rolled into this album a, a year later. I mean, one of the great like hidden gems on a soundtrack. I would think it was like buried at the back of a soundtrack. Nobody even knew about it's pretty good. Well, yeah, Pete Yorn does have his uh, connection to Hollywood. His brother mm-hmm. is an Rick Yorn. Is Rick it? Yorn is a talent agent. Big time. Big time talent agent. Yeah. So I'm sure that was how he got connected with the Farrelly brothers. Or I think he was maybe Jim Carrey's limo driver. He was a yeah a chauffeur or, or something. Something like that. So he was sort of circling the Hollywood scene. Isn't so. his other brother like a Hollywood lawyer? No, I think it's the same guy, Rick. Oh, is it? Yeah. So hey, Rick, shout out to Rick Yorn. What's up, Rick? Come to Culver <laughs> City. Let's talk about your brother. Speaking of Culver City, I did a little research, as I want to do uh, for this podcast, because I'm a pro, and um, a portion of this album is recorded right here in Culver City. Oh, wow. In a house in Culver City. How about that? It's pretty impressive. Pretty cool. All right, this is track three. Pete Yorn could write the hell out of a little ballad, and here is just another. I hate to say it, but you'll never relate what makes you tick. It makes me smile. Is it hot in here, or am I just really fired up about being young? You said that I should get away. Maybe it's this music. It's just putting you. Just a lot of blood flowing through your body. So this this came out. This album came out when we were seniors in college. I was up in Boston at Northeastern. Bobby. No, it came out when we were juniors. Senior year would have started no, September. Yeah. No. Came out. Oh, in March. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I didn't, I wasn't really aware of it initially. I got on my radar, again, showing our age. I got on my radar from watching videos on MTV. Do you remember how you got the CD? No. I am directly responsible for you having the CD and this love of Pete Yorn. Okay. Let's talk about it. Uh, he got on your radar mm-hmm. sometime probably in the fall. We were doing Fall 2001 I believe we were doing Secret Santa that year There was like a couple of failed Losing. years A couple of years where we like Had a failed attempt at doing Secret Santa With like our guy friends And a few of yeah. our girlfriends It's cute uh, It was cute It failed yeah. ultimately But um, you got me music for the morning after You had me I already had it So I said keep it Wow And that's how it all began That's interesting Yeah Huh. I remember that because it was like a very sort of like kind of like hero move for me, like for Christmas to be like, you know what? You keep that so present. So selfless. So selfless. I wonder why I would have done that. I wonder if I had some of the songs on Napster or something. And probably I, something like that. Yeah, probably something like that happened. Um, but that whole album, again, we talked about music for the morning after and how that there's a lot of imagery that that evokes and how the music kind of matches that that type of feel. Um it's kind of like a big time nostalgia album for me and it is definitely puts me right back to being a senior in college yeah and just having this playing in my room just and, chilling out and let's talk about this song just another girl if you were making a mix cd for a girl and this wasn't on it in 2001 2002 you were just doing it wrong you're literally a piece of shit you're just well i was just gonna say look uh, in the mirror <laughs> I mean, you were going home alone, yeah. and maybe dying a virgin, because this is right here, just begging to be included on a mix CD. It's perfect, and yet, Bob, um, on an album filled with uh, mixtape fodder mm-hmm. for the woman in your life, uh, probably not the one that I used often. Oh, because you most often your move with mix CDs was going depressing. Sometimes you really wanted to make a girl super sad. Sometimes it's just put her in a really dark place, so then you could swoop in and uh, be the light at the end of her misery tunnel. I no, I actually I like that thought process, Um, but the truth of the matter, Bob, uh, was that it was just me that was filled with so much sadness, 
And that was how I expressed myself to a girl that I cared about. So, oh, so they, it was more like they were cries for help. Your mixed CDs were literal cries for help. Please get me help. I guess. I think I, emotionally at that point, I was so retarded. Um, can't say that. But not like a retard. I wasn't being uh, a, well, now a retard. Now that you definitely can't no, say. No, I'm like using it like in the in the actual medical term. It was retarded. Oh, it was to, to retard the growth. Oh, okay. Like I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, mature like enough to handle. You were flame retardant. No, you no. don't know what retarded means now. You're <laughs> retarded. See now, um, now, see, now, that's, now bad. that's bad. Um, no, what I was going to say was I don't think I had the maturity to handle it at, at that point, late teens, early 20s, how to process things, these feelings that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So it would just come out in just complete uh, <laughs> sadness, sorrow. <laughs> borderline depression and i'm sure that was a real aphrodisiac to women <laughs> they couldn't keep your, their hands off you uh next up track five black is a cast is a i don't love the way this song starts this is always a little uh mm -hmm. little problem for me with that just coming in the lyrics are not i'm not gonna say corny but the lyrics are not kind of the best lyrics to start when you're really featuring it in that moment like yeah you know so you know uh, what the, i agree it with gets me with the hook though the hook is great the chorus is huge yeah. um and i have a little musical tidbit to share after we listen to the here As I told you earlier, I did I did some research ahead of the Which show. Which is rare for this podcast. Yes. Um, well, at least at least for you, Bob. Me, I am every show completely committed to the cause. A solid three to six minutes. And it was like four and a half minutes okay. at least. Anyway, Pete Yorn, as I said earlier, plays all those instruments uh, in addition to being a solid seven and a half uh, physically in terms of a, a good-looking scale. Uh, a drummer by trade, and well, we'll get to that too. A drummer by trade. This song was written off the drums, which I think is a rare thing. N neither Bob or I are musicians, but he wrote this on the drums. Uh, I can kind, kind of, of play "Blister in the Sun." What's that? I can kind of play "Blister in the Sun" on two strings of a guitar. That's true. All right. I so I don't like sometimes you throw that out there that we're not musicians. Okay. And the, I have the opening uh, notes of uh, "Stand by Me," the forgotten Oasis track. I'll be here now. <laughs> By the way, happy 20th birthday to be here now. Yeah, thanks you to uh, the listeners this who month. tweeted at us about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Black, uh, solid song. Really good song. Really good live song. Great live song. We've seen him live multiple times. He does that song the same way every single time, and it's always great. <laughs> yeah, that, Bob's hitting at something that we've seen Pete Yorn. So many times. I'm going to say the first time I saw Pete Yorn, was not with you. It was with my ex-girlfriend, and he opened for, just to give you an idea, Pete Yorn on the rise. This is around 2002, 2003. He was opening in arenas for REM. Makes sense. Um, which kind of matched his career trajectory at that point. Uh, but then as his career went on and he became kind of like a troubadour type guy that had a loyal following but was not going to be filling big rooms, Bob and I, we basically every subsequent tour and there's been half a dozen uh at least we've seen pete yorn yeah and that's where you and i differ let me just go into the next track which is one of the sadness tracks that i <laughs> definitely put on a mix in a misguided attempt to express myself uh in my retarded youth don't don't keep saying that it's no i'm a, sci a scientist <laughs> So going back to the idea with this album that like how he nails a feel and a tone and like kind of like you, 
this was meant to be played as an album and it's kind of pre iTunes and the way people digest music now this works best when you listen to all the songs together and that like weird background of like a television playing some type of like late night show or whatever that is that once again like sinks perfectly into like takes you into this world and it's kind of nostalgic a little bit of a melancholy type world and then he drops this hammer like a good piano ballad me too you see you're emotional over there it's been a while since I've heard this song I think it's called Lose You it's something it's a great if you have a if you're making a breakup mix uh, and you're hoping to salvage a relationship potentially but so you want to include some a mix of maybe kind of happy numbers and numbers and turn it into my dad <laughs> uh, like more upbeat songs and then you know throwing a, a sad one to say hey I'm feeling the same hurt you're feeling uh, this is a great one. yeah I don't know if I've made many uh, breakup mixes when you say that you mean it's for you right like it's just for you to like you're not giving it to the person you're breaking up with right? no I did my college girlfriend this I think when we were trying to figure out the future, which there was none, um, I think I did make a mix that I think I put the song on it, which is toweringly sad in retrospect. Uh, but yes, I don't know. Maybe it's unusual to put. Maybe because of this part. Oh no. Cause I'm gonna lose you. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna lose Yeah, it's damn good. He's good at this. Again, this is this guy's first album ever. This fully realized Grand Slam. This was uh, featured on the Farrelly Brothers soundtrack for The Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, but actually, it's funny you bring that up because um, this album, and maybe this could be to its detriment, detriment, it was. it did have crossover appeal. It wasn't a huge album. I think it sold uh, half a million copies. Um, but it was one of those albums where for the next two years it would pop up. It was on every sound in TV shows every and TV movies. Show. And yeah. I, if you give me a second about them, this is your opportunity to vamp. Okay. I'm going to find out all the different shows and movies that's popped up in this, al- this album. All right. I'll do that. Maybe, you know what? I'll use this time to say, you know, maybe it's because, you know, I'm slightly under the weather. I feel like I might be coming off a little cynical tonight. I love this album. I love Pete Yorn. Even seeing him as many times as we have. My only gripe is that his shows are kind of perfectly tight. Like I've always gone to these shows waiting for him to like surprise the audience and like do a cover I've never heard him do. And he does do covers, but like waiting for him to just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do like a second encore and just like do something fun with the crowd. Like I, I feel like he's that type of guy. Like he comes off like that type of guy. Right. So I've always waited for that moment in a concert and I've never had it. Right. So maybe that's on me. It's not his fault. No, I know what you're saying. I get it. And I think we've seen him, honestly, six or seven times. Um, there was a particularly memorable, great night that we had in Atlantic City with yes. our friend Howie, the dastardly Howie. Howie is just He's just really become a major part of this. Becoming a, we, have, we have to have him on the pod. I think we have to. We have to get him out to L.A. Um, uh, where we saw him do a show in Atlantic City at uh, the Borgata and... Um, and we even it kind of was we framed a trip to Atlantic City around Pete Yorn. Yeah, I, I, we, we really have to give this story all of the the details it deserves. OK, why so, don't you let it rip? Do you want to start playing the next song and we can just have a little. It's, it's too important. It's a too song. important. Yeah, a song. Yeah. OK. So we went to Atlantic City. We were coming from Belmar, I believe. We did a weekend in Belmar and yes. then a hand, me, you and Howie decided to go down to Atlantic City to see Pete Yorn while the rest of our friends went back home. I feel like Correct. that's how it was all framed. Yes. Um, being uh, unsuccessful guys in our mid-20s. Yeah, I believe this was 2006. It sounds about right. Yeah. You know, neither of us were making bank like we are today. Oh, yeah. We're rolling in it, baby. Squarespace. Um, no, neither of us were uh, loaded. Howie probably was because he went to like UPenn and he's a smart guy. Fuck I have guy. a rat problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we, we decided rather than stay at the Borgata, drop you know 220 clams for one night 
We yep. found a uh, dive. By the way, it's now been music referred as a number and music referred or money referred as clams. Yep. We find a dive hotel that's Borgata adjacent in Atlantic City. <laughs> Barely. Which is just, Atlantic City is a shithole. I mean, bad it's bad. And to not stay at one of the big hotels is dumb. Yeah, thank you, Mr. President. And we went to this hotel, and I, I don't know if there was blood on the carpet, but that's how I remember it. I remember there being like a puddle of blood. Yeah. Not puddle of mud. <laughs> I remember there being blood. They were there too, actually. They were on the third floor. <laughs> they own the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so we, we checked into this shit hotel. And then we walk over to the... Well, I just want to add one more note about the hotel. I drove. Um, so it was you, me, and Howie. I drove down, and the shitbag hotel, I think it was a, a Hotel 6. Is that what they're called? Motel 6. Motel 6, whatever. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, their parking lot space was... There were more hotel rooms or motel rooms than parking lot spaces. And when we got there... By the way, Bob, I'm also under the weather, but I Ooh. haven't said a goddamn thing about it. Well, you just it did, so Because no you just no credit. plow through. You just did. Um, when we got there to check in, uh, there was nowhere to park my car. And that. my um, dearly departed 2001 Honda Accord. And there was only one little space where the bumper was kind of sticking out in the middle of the road. And there was nowhere else to park because it was a, a, a dreary neighborhood. Um, so I just took that space with the car sticking out and then... Um, every like 20 minutes while we were in that hotel room, I would just continue to look out to see to make sure my car hadn't been sideswiped or stolen. Yeah. That type of scene. It was that type of scene. High rollers. We were the only people to ever stay in that room that did not fuck a hooker <laughs> in that room. Speak for yourself. Okay. So we go to the concert. It's an amazing show. It was at a tiny place in the Borgata, like such a small, mm -hmm. we got right up to the stage. It was so much fun. Um, and afterwards, see, this is a long story, so I feel like we should be playing music, but I get it. Afterwards, we went to the bar, and we were already pretty drunk, I'm sure. Does this make you feel better? It does. All right, go ahead. And we're at the bar. This is nice. And Dan hands us. We, we get, you know, order so many drinks, so many drinks at the bar. And at the end of the night, the bartender was a dick the whole time. This is one of these, like, dickish. He was bad. He was... A legitimately shaky human being. Yeah, we did not like him. So at the end of the night when the bill came, and it was, you know, $140, whatever, Dan tipped him negative 20 to make the total $120. <laughs> and he just left it behind, and we left. And to this day, I don't know what happened with I that. I don't know either. And but you know what? Maybe we invented something that nobody's ever figured out before, and you just like... And like they looked at it and was like, oh, they got us. <laughs> the one thing that you can't deal with when it comes to bar tabs. Now, let me... A couple of qualifiers here. Well, yes. let's listen to this course. Poor Nancy, because it already is. It was the big single on the album. Home um, song. It was on MTV. That's how I think a lot of people found Pete Yorn. Um... A couple things. I would never have done that to like a waiter, for instance. Of course not. No, you're a good. You've been a waiter. You're a good tipper. You're yeah. a decent human. In general, I've always found the idea of wildly tipping a bartender at the rate of uh, that you would tip twenty percent or something. Or something. Right. Yeah, I always felt that a little, little crazy. And shout out to bartenders that might listen to this. I, I'll take care of you in a big spot. But in this particular situation, he did a poor job. I think. I think it was even beyond that. I thought. I think we thought we were overcharged, too. Yeah, I think so. I think he was putting other people's drinks on our tap, too. I, I feel like we got banged a little bit. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that was just us drunk deciding that was true, which is way more likely. I do remember specifically we, we had no idea how it could have, because it was just you and me. You're right, yeah. We Howie had lost. Was, Howie yeah. was in a poker tournament that he actually won, which was a fun little moment of that. You were in concert as well, because it was the three of us watching the beginning of the show. Howie ducked out to go into a poker con tournament and then came back during the encore and said hey i fucking won yeah which is pretty cool hookers and for it, everybody let's go back to the motel six in retrospect how you know pick up the tab at the bar <laughs> you know, want to come yeah, down to our podcast second. being a little overly bro -y, you know how about you be you know a mensch and pick up the tab uh i'm glad he did i'm glad he didn't because then you would have never left a negative tip yeah anyway great story great time this is a great song this was like you said the single great video everything about this song is great 
great workout song, great mixtape song. Like you're just Propulsive the is the word that I would use, Bob, to describe it. Um, pretty perfect. Yeah. And it was it was the song I remember it was on MTV. The whole video he's running. Yeah. Which is a perfect whoever directed it, shout out to that guy, which is a perfect way to kind of uh, present imagery that connects with the song in a perfect way. And every show that I've ever seen or we've ever seen with Pete Yorn, this will be played as it should. Yeah, this is like brings the whites just to a frenzy. Hmm, we're going back to this. <laughs> No, I think the last time we saw them, I, I even tweeted that if you want to know where all the white people are, they're at this Pete Yorn concert. <laughs> it's it's just a white it's white music. It's fine. Yeah, it is. I guess. What what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Um, according to a Wikipedia page, the name of the song Bob, which is an unusual name for Nancy, parenthetical cause it already is close parenthetical. The name of the song was inspired by a Les Paul Yorn bought at a secondhand store after he got home from the store. He took a shower and he had the guitar riff in his head. Don't you wish you could be that person? Sh- like, showering with Pete Yorn? <laughs> we'll get to that, Bob. We're going to get to your electric sexual feelings for Pete Yorn it's not, by the end of the show. Okay, okay. But just, you know, here's a great guitar riff that people will love. Thousands of people will love. Anyway, he got out, picked up that guitar, started to play. Couldn't think of the name of the song. And on the back of that guitar that he bought bob he noticed nancy scrawled on the back of it how hmm. about that that's pretty cool pretty cool like um that. so that's track six for nancy another another song in the running for our spotify mix uh but maybe a little too on the nose but nothing against it next track uh one of my personal favorites murray thoughts about i love every song on the cd you just one of those albums yeah you just put it on from beginning to end there are no stinkers it just has that great feel like we were talking about and this song is this this song just puts me in a good mood like if i want to be in a good if i'm in a good mood i want to listen to a song that i could like sing and turn up really loud murray is right there i feel like he's closed out a show or two with this song yeah he in fact there is there's a really good um you you other yorn completists out there might remember the live from New Jersey double CD that uh, was out. I think it was like some type of fan club purchase uh, a couple of years after this. And there's a really good um, live performance where he does a, a portion of Atlantic City by Bruce into Murray. And it's a great segue uh, and my favorite live performance of Pete. Again, so, yeah. it's just surprising to me. Like, how did this not become a single that rank rates higher than John Mayer's I Want to Run Through the Halls of Your High School. All the world to change. No, if you think about that high school, Run Through the Halls of the High School song, like this is in that same world, and this is a much better song. I wonder if this album came out five years earlier or six years earlier, if it would have been a massive hit. Because, you know, this came out, and like I said, it, sold, it went gold, which is 500,000 copies sold. And it just feels like that's criminally underrated as an album in terms of commercial appeal considering it's like songs that I feel like would sound great and it got play on college rock radio and some modern rock radio but never broke through in a a big pop way and it seems like a shame yeah like I wonder what I wonder what Pete Yorn is sort of most known for known as around the country like is it the guy that made an album with Scarlett Johansson is it that singer songwriter could be is it that singer songwriter who had a couple of songs in the early 2000s i remember hearing is it like what is it like i have no idea what it is i think i would probably guess and he and it's not really fair to him but it's better to be this than to be nothing at all is he kind of is a like a pop culture if you're a fan of this type of music and you follow this this realm of pop culture he's like a signifier 
of this era, to the early 2000s. And he kind of stays there for a lot of people. And people like us, we've kind of, we followed his career and he put out interesting music um, even through today. I, I really like his album put out last year, uh, Arranging Time. But I think it's fair to say he never reached the heights of this album. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't, I'm confounded by this. Like, I, I was a big fan of this, 2001. I was a big fan of the old 97s and Rhett Miller. And I feel like I, I always link them as, like, they wrote incredible songs and they were charismatic and they put out great albums. And it confused me that neither of them sort of broke through. They both have huge, they both have their fan bases. They can both sell out, you know, mid-sized arenas in major cities and, you know, go touring. Right, they have a fan base. Yeah, they have their fan base. But, like... They write just catchy songs. I don't know why it didn't. Why didn't it get bigger? Jeez, slow down, Bob. Why? Take it easy. I, it's the, these things are lightning in the bottle things. Like Crazy Town had the number one song in Cra- America. Fucking Crazy Town. <laughs> that song was number one. Then it fell. And then two weeks later, it was number one again. Yeah. But isn't it on another level kind of almost better that he remains kind of ours on some level and the other people that care for his music in the same way doesn't doesn't get blown out like i kind of like it a little bit that he stayed no i'm like, glad this... i'm glad he didn't become like maroon five like if you were somebody that liked maroon five right, in the beginning exactly. and then they just became this sort of joke i'm glad he didn't do that i so know i'm glad and but go... i also don't understand it. right and going back to the live shows and you you said after the last time we saw him about a year and a half ago two years ago that you were kind of done seeing Pete Yorn because it was the same show over and over i think i say that every time yeah i don't feel that in fact Pete Yorn to me uh, is the guy that I will I'll be he's my artist that I'll go see when he's playing at a tiny club when he's like 65 years old and I'm 58 and I'll be like oh I'm so excited to see Pete Yorn for like the 30th time I just like going to see yeah. Pete Yorn concerts because I always have a good time I enjoy the songs and the fact that he never got big has allowed us to see him in these intimate venues which has always been a lot of fun to see him in these little places uh, uh, anyway Sneaky great song. This is like one of those songs you could put on dinner mixes. Or again, girlfriend mixes. June. Right now what I just realized, Bob. This is a sneaky long album. So we gotta keep moving. Okay. I love June, by the yeah, way. Yeah, June is a, you put it well there, uh, which is something that thirty-something people <clears throat> can relate to. You got to make a, um, you got to make your sitting around popping open a bottle of wine mix. Yeah, you need that mix every once in a while. And Pete Yorn singles. Here's another one. Sense that <clears throat> you plug that in there. Completely inoffensive, but also you know it's a nice little song. Yeah. Which, oh, is this, is this Pete Yarn? <laughs> is this Pete Yarn? Yeah, yeah, it is. Is that a Cabernet? It yeah. is. He reminds me of 2001. Fuck you. He was more than that. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, for, our, for our listeners. I'm a very in, bad dinner host. For Yeah, you're bad. For our listeners in the UK, which we have so many of, um, would you say this is an accurate comparison for a band or artist? Travis, think about that while we uh, turn the sound up on this. So let me pack, unpack this. Uh, so you're saying, and we don't know this, um, we don't know, because Bob and I don't have a real... We don't have finger on the pulse of life in in the UK. Never been there. The Scottish band Travis, but I think they're pretty big overseas. I think Scott like Travis could play can play arenas and things. Oh like yeah, that. I guess I'm only thinking about Travis in the Travis you know, here here. They get, it's the same. They and we will get to Travis because Bob and I both love Travis. Uh, but Pete Yorn and Travis play the same size venues today in America. Right. They were kind of at the same level. They were big at the same time. They're still putting out albums that probably the same number of people over here listen to. The same people, period. The same people, period. Like if you're going to see Travis uh, and their their latest album, 
you definitely have this album music for the morning yeah after. definitely uh next track uh an, another great kind of upbeat banger uh closet with a shaky opening More on that in a Yeah, the only shaky part is him just saying this is a song called Closet. It's really actually just taking a little distance from the album, um, doing this project here. That's really cringeworthy, actually. Yeah, I mean, don't do it. Yeah, wait, hang on again. Listen. Yeah, don't, bad. don't do that. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's bad. In great, fact, great I song, love though. that song. It's such a good song. But that beginning is so bad that we're going to knock, we're going to short shrift it here and <laughs> so move on to. Uh, now, here is a great, you want to talk about another great, great playlist song for your Ladybird. He's got a lot of these on the side. Yep. On your side. Uh, so, okay, so you put Lose You on when you're broken inside and you're trying to uh, present an image you can't get across. You put On Your Side to show, hey, you're a good guy. I feel like this song is a good time to talk about your sexual feelings for Pete. Go ahead. Wow, it's it's crazy that you said that because this is literally like my wife's and I's our song. Like this is, is it? yeah, this is we probably have like two or three, and this is one of them. This would be if you had to pick like a wedding song, a Pete Yorn wedding song. This would probably be a good one. This was not our wedding song, but this was a song where we when we started dating. I either made her a mix or I left the CD at her house. And uh, she. Porker? What's that? Porker? Eventually. Nice. I mean, we do have two kids. Not a bro podcast. <laughs> do you pork your wife, bro? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was. We, we did long distance for a while. She would listen to this song, she said, kind of on repeat because it reminded her of me. This was like, you know, outside your house, 2 a.m., come home from bars. It's like the beginning of a relationship kind of thing and yeah. this was like you know the song that kind of to this day when it comes on she you know gives me a little look like aw it's a great song it's like the looks like what happened to us yeah like why do you look at Pete Yorn like that now why how come you don't look at me the way you looked at me when we first met let's unpack that a little bit wait a second Go <laughs> ahead, is, I mean we, we should unpack that though for real uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that on a, a follow up Pete Yorn album but for now, we got to move on. Uh-oh. Is this an mf for Bob? No, he doesn't have any MFers. Uh, and then almost every album's got an mf for Bob. Mid-album filler. And I'm going to say Sleep Better. Yeah, I think you're right. It. I think this is it. I think this is the first sort of skippable song that we've hit. I mean, this is an album... I think an album should be 11 or 12 tracks. I think we've talked about this before. We have. Um, this one is 13 with a hidden track for 14. Pete, yeah, just dial back a little bit. Pete, I disagree. That's a fine number. Don't listen to that. Because I know Pete's listening right now. He might be. He might be. He might be. I actually have dialogued with Pete on Twitter a couple times. Name dropper. He is a big... Uh, Let's give it a shot. Perfectly fine. Can you just like imagine this in like the end of an act two montage as like a female protagonist is packing up her stuff and like she gets in the back of a bus 
to go <laughs> just far away from this boyfriend who's just like been terrible towards her. And, like, yes. Her mom is fighting with her. So she just needs to get away from it. She's looking out the window. Uh-huh. And this is just playing. And she like gets off at the bus station. She's like Keep looking going. around like I don't know where I am anymore. Uh, some like creepy guy kind of looks her up and down, mm-hmm. and you know he just has like you know he hasn't shaved. Yeah, it's a, like a like a you're not in Kansas moment. Yeah, she's just like, what am I doing? But she's like, I need to keep going. So she goes out, and she's walking down the street. Mm-hmm. She's thinking about hitchhiking, but she doesn't know where she is. No, nope, cars sure. are driving by. You see that wide shot of her going. Uh-huh. And now cut to she like walks into a diner. The little bell dings, and the song fades out. That was good, Bob. That was perfect, actually. <laughs> Let's let's work on the screenplay as soon as this uh, is over. And since you brought it up, you you masterfully wrote out that screenplay. You should know I meant to get back to you. So Lose You featured in a season five episode. Let's go on to the next track, by the way. I've got to keep moving here. Uh, easy. Here it comes. Yep. Did you turn it the wrong way? <laughs> you did. It's embarrassing. That's not what happened. You don't know what happened. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh, that's good because the song Easy was featured at the end of episode, a season two episode of Judging Amy. <laughs> Perfect. You fucking love that show. Tell us about it. Me? Amy? Yeah, yeah. Never in on Amy. Never saw an episode of Judging Amy. <laughs> I've never seen a CBS show before. <laughs> I swear to God, I've never watched a single episode of a season two. You were big into Mike and Molly. Show. Mike and Molly? No, never saw it. I didn't even get into How I Met Your Mother, which everybody's got to relax about being some type of important show. The first season was very good. Um, Anyway, so Lose You was featured in a season five episode of House MD. Uh, We we just call it House, you know? Fans. (laughs) The song Just Another, which we heard, was featured in a season one episode of Veronica Mars. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Uh, and Just Another was also used on Songs from Dawson Creek, Volume 2. Uh, nailing it. Nailing an era. Yeah. So he it was pretty, uh, he was he was part of that scene. All right. That's a nice little song. It's a sweet song. A very nice song, actually. And that's why it gets on my radar a little bit, the idea of having so many tracks on an album. You start to lose track of some of the good stuff after a while. You know, hire an editor. Listen, you're a small-minded man who could only take in so much at a time. I'm sorry that this has two tracks too many for you. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it's two tracks, but it is. it makes a big difference to me, Bob. Okay. I hate this album. <laughs> All right, next track is This Is How the Album Ends. And remember, this is at the tail end of the hidden track era. So it wasn't actually the final notes of the uh, album, but it is the final listed track. called Simon Eyes. I have a memory going back to, I guess it probably was the most memorable Pete Yorn show was the one that we saw in Atlantic City. Uh, I think I have the same memory. Um, there was, and I remember specifically where we were standing, uh, kind of right in front of the stage. Uh, Pete Yorn at the time had a guitarist who was trying too hard to be cool, and he was just chain smoking the whole time, and he even sometimes would put the, cig- the cigarette in his the top of his guitar, that move that only Keith Richards should do, but he was trying to do it. That's not my point. To the stage left, way off in the distance, but it was a small room, but in the back of the room, someone the entire time, every time a song would end, would scream, Simon Eyes! Play Simon Eyes! Which is the title of this song. And again, not a huge room. Eventually, Pete Yorn is just like, bro, <laughs> not going to play it. <laughs> Maybe he did play it, though, in retrospect. Maybe he closed the show out with it. Because he was quite fond of playing this song. He, he, it is something that pops up, I believe. But I remember him yeah, saying... Yeah, no, I remember point, him like, saying, like, calm down. Shut up. Like, I'm going to get to it, or I'm not playing. It was simply like, calm down, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's Simon Eyes. And should we play the hidden track? Or should we just... This is, like the, this? is this the first time we've hit a hidden track? Because we don't know what to do. Yeah, we're kind of caught. Let's caught play it. Spot. Okay. Yeah. Here comes one. Very is, nice song. This, is, this is exciting. Yeah. Hit First track. hidden track. It's a nice little acoustic ditty. Numbers, 
clams and ditties all in the same podcast. A girl like you. Someday I'll look into her green eyes. Always good to mention the color of the eyes. She'll come with me. A girl like you. Too many. This is a this is a particularly confusing hidden track. Like why is this a hidden track? This is a song that fits on the album. Just drop it. Because even Pete Yorn, despite the bloated nature of this LP, realized you have to cut it off at some point. Then save it for the next album. That's it's a, a good point. song. Like why bury this one? If you want to bury, if you're the Counting Crows and you want to bury Big Yellow Taxi, I get it. Or if you're like Green, <laughs> don't bring that up. Bob. If you're Green Day's Dookie and you want to bury like that weird song at the end, or Stone Temple Pilots burying something that's like a yeah. lounge number. That makes sense to like do that, but this is just this is like a potential single. So you're saying this is too good to be buried as a hidden track? It's a song that fits on the album. It should it should have had a name. Give this girl a name. You know what? I think he probably was suffering at the time from the same thing that our friend Noel Gallagher was. Cocaine. When he was young and prolific, he was writing so many good songs that he thought it would never stop. So he just said, uh, "Yeah, throw this as the hidden track." All right. And he also, yeah, on this same release, he had some, like, really good B-sides, Yorn, uh, that he was releasing, and you never think it's going to end, Bob. That's how I thought, like, tracks around episode six of this podcast, I said, oh, the, the good episodes are never going to end, and now I've learned otherwise. Right, or, like, your relationship with that girl from college, you were like, it's never going to end, oh, wait, it definitely nope. is. It ended. Let me put Lose You on this mix. <laughs> I lost her, so I, I was ahead of the curve on that. You knew what was up. Uh, and I will just say, for the first time ever, Bob, this is a first time. This is a first for the Throwback Podcast. I do my my wife, my wife. Um, I give her a mix every year. Yeah, I just slid this over to the uh, the demo of my playlist that All I'm right. working on. That's great. It's yeah. a good move. Green eyes. That's a great. We talked about yep, that before. Yeah, yeah. Always a nice move to to line that up. I think the song "Green Eyes" by Coldplay is when we talked about that. During the Russia Blood to the Head podcast. Um, all right, so there it is. That's music for the morning after. So good. A definitive uh, aughts uh, rock album, in our opinion. We love Pete Yorn. I'm sure we'll do another Pete Yorn album at some point. That's when we'll really well, get it. Depending into- on the download numbers, we're mercenaries ultimately. We don't really care, do we? If this, I mean, if this doesn't do well, I will disown Pete Yorn. Oh, I will entirely. not. No, because we still have to talk about how hot he is. So we'll do that in another podcast. Yeah, we'll save that. And we'll save uh, that. yeah, I mean, the guy makes, the guy writes or performs great covers that I wanted to talk about. There's a lot I could say about Pete Yorn. A lot to unpack about Pete. So but we'll, mostly you're talking about his face. He's and just a good looking guy. His figure. It's his, his hair. Bulge. It's really his hair. But we'll get into, we'll get into that. What we need to do right now. We is, saw him last year in a concert. And you had to ask the question: Is that a wig? Guy is not lost. The guy's in his mid forties. The guy now. has not lost a strand of hair. He's got. He has more hair now. <laughs> it's not. It's, than when he was twenty four. Not right. He looks at, great. At a yeah. certain point, like on my other podcast, my successful podcast. You have I, an, wait. You have another podcast. It's an incredibly successful professional football podcast. Um, that we have thrown out the idea that Tom Brady. Has had major, major um, work done on his face and his hair as a member of the Illuminati. I'm not saying Pete Yorn has done that as well, but I'm saying he he seems to be better looking now than he was when he was 24, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit fishy. All right, all right, Pete, if you're listening, <laughs> it's a compliment ultimately. Pete. Come at us though. Are you in the Illuminati? What is going on? <laughs> all right, so we got to pick a uh, song from that album. Uh, I'm going to start with you on this, Bob. Um, hear what you have to say and uh, let it rip up. I don't think I have much. I'm just going to throw out Life on a Chain. I feel like we can, you can't go wrong with anything, but that has a great vibe. It fits on the playlist perfectly. Throw it on there. I love it. It's probably the song that I've put on more playlists than any song that's been released in the last 15 years. Is that a pro or a con in this moment? I'm going to say it's a pro because it's a perfect, fun uh, song that I think it, on an album that we talked about, how it, it evokes a lot of like memories and things like that. It's a perfect track one. I would put it on track one of the playlist, but that's not how we do it. So it nestles uh, right below 
uh, what did we do last week? Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. Uh, well, that's going to fit good. And I like it. It's a good fit. Taper Jean Girl. All right. So fit. here's what you need to do. That's going on the playlist. Follow us on Twitter at Throwback Pod. Uh, go to iTunes if you haven't already. Rate us five stars. Tell your friends. Tell your fucking friends to listen to this podcast. If you have any. If you have any. Even if you don't, just be like, hey, there's these two uh, 30, 30 something whites talking about Pete Yorn. With the white stuff again. Give it a listen. Uh, spread the word. Uh, despite Dan's other uh, podcast being super successful, we're doing okay. But let's get that number up. And let's just to going, guys. make things clear, um, our podcast is open to all colors and creeds. Bob might have made that a bit cloudy over the past hour. Uh, everyone is welcome. Well, they're show. welcome. We are going to par- probably play more white people. At some point, we are going to get some female artists and some hip hop in here. It's all going to happen, guys. We promise you. We promise you. But in the meantime, that is all we've got going on right now. Uh, Dan, why don't you just like say one of your <laughs> signature uh, sign outs? You're really good at that. I know. I mean, you were struggling at the very well, end. Well, I was waiting for this music yeah, to kick yeah. in. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, everything Bob said was correct. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, and we might even talk about a woman at some point. Sometime. Probably not, but we will down the road. Thank you very much for listening. Until next week, take it away, Rick Yorn's brother. And I was waiting over That was a headgum podcast.